0: Welcome to another episode of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast, episode 124, Lego Problems, Funko, Funko, Funko NFTs, and the introduction of Mr. Funko. That's not the whole title, but I wanted to get everything in there. Again, uh, I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, Captain Strongbeard, Mr. Piper. It is in the morning. Like th- I think this is the first time ever we've done anything before noon. So this has got to be a record. we got to write this episode down. How are we doing?
1: You got me all riled up. I'm ready to start a fire. I'm going to punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> talking about the firmament. Let's go.
0: But <laughs> we, we were talking before the show. And we were like, I guess we did charge ourselves up. We were like, I'm not used to being this energetic at, you know, 11, 10 o'clock in the morning.
1: This is the new thing. But once, once everything in the, what, in the next month, this could, this could just be the normal.
0: We're going to be tearing the house down there. I can't wait. A
1: literal house. Uh, to- does, does everybody know? <laughs> Have we actually said it? Has it we've, well,
0: it- we've mentioned it, but I think we can go forward now because there's more solidified uh, official. Kind of, yeah, it is official. So, I, you know, we told everybody on the podcast that I was going back to Texas and that's the plan, right? But finally, I got a place. We're driving down there this weekend. We're going to sign the lease and I move in. My move in date is May the 20th. And I'm, I'm, I hate saying I'm literally, but I am walking distance to the store reasonably. I think it's like two blocks away.
1: Yeah. It, no, it, I wouldn't walk because there's no like sidewalks on a lot of these roads. There's just like ditches where you can fall and die. So it's probably best that you do drive here. But yes, if you, if you needed to in an emergency, your car caught on fire, you could walk to the store.
0: You know, what's crazy about that road beside the store three i think that's 377 right uh
1: the one right in front of the store is uh highway 377 yes
0: yeah every time i walk down the steps and you go around there's that little fence there and i'm like what is that fence gonna do cards are whizzing by at like 45 <laughs> 50 miles an hour
1: um a number of people have hit it recently and now it is like destroyed so yeah you're you are not incorrect in saying that well you had all that construction there
0: and what's so crazy it's just oh. like there's no distance between the sidewalk and the road. I know that's typical, like normal, but sometimes you get like bike lanes and things like that. But it's literally like if I step a foot off of the sidewalk, I'm getting smashed by a semi and semis whiz by there all the time.
1: Well, you do, you could uh, at night. So it's really bad at night during the day. There's not usually too many, but like we've been up here recording before and like a semi truck comes by and I feel like I can reach out the window and touch it. The, all of the windows in the stores shake and it's just like Whoa! Yeah, the shutters yeah, it's pretty, it's intense.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, uh, but again, like I can't wait to be back and, and part of this process and moving, we're going to try, I think while I'm there all next week, maybe we can do a couple episodes so we can, in case we, you know, the timing of all this is crazy because pack and move and do all this didn't work and try to record all at the same time. But so we don't miss too many episodes. We still want to across this time get an episode out every week so we're still going to do that but I can't wait to be back it's going to be epic lots of conventions to come up at the end of this month uh, uh next month it's still april but at the end of may the 26th to the 28th it's comic palooza we're going to be down there sorry Gross. i'll be there i'll be there um yeah snorted i'll be there uh the, the entire weekend i don't know if piper's coming he might not come down but at least you can see me we're going to have things coming by all the things uh, I'm gonna have the booth set up. We have three booths, so there are gonna be two that are store focused, and then you can buy things out of my collection on the third half. And we'll talk podcasting and things like that. We're gonna have some people with me. Maybe my son's gonna come down with me, so it's gonna be really interesting for that weekend in Houston. So mark that on your calendars. Do we have and come a booth down number? See us. Uh, this is yeah,
1: the point where ni- you would say what? 1924. 1924.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you the booth numbers, it's so crazy because we didn't get into Fan Expo Dallas with a booth again this year, and they sent us this denial letter. It's like, we try to accommodate people every year, but we prioritize people who attended past conventions. We were at that convention for six years in a row, so well, I don't know.
1: Last year, they decided to give me the old shaft too when I tried to do it, and then they kept like $2,000 for like six months. They didn't want to give oh, me yeah, money they, back. They didn't they return like, the money. Yeah. It, no, it wasn't that long. It was like four weeks, but still, that's a lot of money. It's like two grand.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess it's part of their process, but it's always like people want to take your money right away. Yeah. But then when they got to give it back to you, it's like, oh, just uh, you know, we'll um, sure, we'll uh, we'll get, we'll it, you'll get it you when we get it. Yeah. Booth 1934 is the booth. It is three booths. So it's 300 square feet. So it's the biggest booth we've ever done. So you could sleep
1: there. Like that's your house.
0: Just put the tarp over everything and put a little air mattress under it.
1: Yeah. you don't have to come back because uh, it's Houston. You don't want to drive around down there.
0: Yeah, no, I was looking at hotels. I'm a Marriott person and and trying to get that. That's something that I would love to talk about. You know, set up and tear down of conventions. I know we've loosely mentioned it before, but just everything that goes into a convention weekend from driving down there expenses, and people wonder why you know pops are a little more expensive. the entry i mean i'll I'll be completely transparent for our booth was like twenty six hundred dollars, and we haven't even purchased power or internet yet, and sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, just in case you know there's a big demand on the signal there and you're um you're uh cellular services are sort of impacted by that. So you're you're looking at like $3,000 just to be at the convention. You're paying for food and drinks and things of all the, all that nature while you're on the convention floor. Then you have the hotel, the gas, the mileage if you have to rent a trailer. So you're figuring, you know, that's 3 4,000, sometimes 5,000 depending on where you stay that is just you need to make profit. And we're not talking about what we paid for the pops, but on top of it to break even, so that's where people, you know, to give you that little insight on small businesses and sitting up at conventions. I mean, it can be profitable, and most times it is, but again, you you really you're putting a lot up to make that money.
1: I will. I'll have to get you the place that producer Brandon and I stayed last time because we were at we were at Comic Palooza last year, and we had this nice little. uh, It was really close. It was like I think it was like a Verbo or a Airbnb or something like that, but it was just like a, a house. It's in the third ward, so it's like. Not the best neighborhood, but the house is like <laughs> it, well, the house is like gated, right? So you have to get a code to get in. So it was like safe, and but inside it was really nice and super comfy. And I don't think we paid very much at all. It may have been like two hundred and fifty dollars for like three or four days. So I'll have to I'll find that and I'll get well, that. Oh, that's
0: you. that seems like it's promising. I might lose a limb on the way back, but no, no it was
1: nice <laughs> because you could park. We 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 unloaded. And then we went back to the the whatever rental property we had and we were able to drop the trailer in the back in in the gated area and we just left it there so we didn't have to worry about pulling it back and forth every day. It was great.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a big thing with parking your trailer and like making sure it's safe and things along those lines. I normally use my Marriott rewards points because of my work by nature. I travel a lot so I can utilize that to try and save where I can so I don't have to pay for hotel rooms. And and you try to work that in, right? Just pinching pennies where you can. But I mean, the convention life, I miss it. Like I miss going to cons, setting up all of that while you're doing it. You're just like,
1: I'm never going to do this again.
0: But then, you know, you enjoy the show.
1: That's only during setup and teardown while you're at the con. It's like the best. But then like, especially teardown after you've worked three days, like 14 hours a day. And then you have to tear down and then drive back six hours. Oh God! You're just like I don't ever want to do this again. I hate my life. That's what that was my thought process coming back from Houston last year. I was just like, oh. And then I got back and I had to have the trailer returned by 10 a.m. the next morning. So I had to unload the trailer. Yeah, you had to unload oh, it. Oh yep. God, it was so bad. But we got to
0: dude. Remember when we uh, we were there and, um, gosh, what was it when we took the the inventory from my house and i had driven all the night through i arrived with you guys there we had to take it and then we had like all the great walls and everything that we had to put up in the store and it was literally i started the day out the day before at like 10 p.m driving back then got with you guys helped you pack and load towards the end then went to the store that night, and it was like one, two a.m. We took that picture. Remember, like dying of sweat, and we would keep going up the steps because it was like eighty-nine degrees outside, and we lay on the floor. It was not eighty-nine
1: degrees. It was a hundred degrees during the day. Yeah,
0: it was ridiculous.
1: Oh god, I've never been that hot. I don't think. Like I, I do not envy people that work outside, like work doing roofing and like construction stuff. Like I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah. I did roofing for a summer when I was 16 and I'll never do that again. It's just, (laughs) I have so much respect for those people because they're up there jobbing and especially in Texas where it's 110 outside. No way.
1: No, thanks. Not for me.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll share since we're on the convention train right now. Um, that one convention I did where it was in Tampa and I drove by myself and I unloaded, set up everything by myself. Outside it was ninety-eight degrees, hundred percent humidity, and I worked that con the first two days by myself, and then I had a, a relative with me the third day, and I basically packed everything up by myself, had that person wait until I can get the trailer around and do the the sort of breakdown, tear down and and reload everything. It was it was the worst convention that I've ever done. Was that in Megacon? The sense of Like It was MegaCon Tampa, yeah. Ugh.
1: Plus, you're in Florida anyway, so it's like, it's double
0: bad. (laughs) Yeah, that was, it's just humidity gets me. I can take dry heat to a certain point, but anytime it's over 100, it's over 100 degrees, right? It's just, well.
1: No, it's like, it's like raining, but it's dry outside at the same time. You're just like breathing underwater. That's when you go take a shower and you walk outside
0: and you're sweating. You're like, what did I just do? What just (laughs) happened?
1: (laughs) You're in an active state of sweating. And then you can go to like Arizona. You're in like Phoenix it's 115 degrees outside and you're like, Oh, it's not that bad.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. I lived there for a couple of years too. Phoenix was never really that bad when it was over a hundred. That's true. Dry heat, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still over a hundred. It just if feels
1: it gets, like uh, somebody's has a hairdryer blowing in your face all day. But like, yeah. other than that, once you get used to that, it's great.
0: Yeah. So come and see us at comic Palooza. I'll be there. Keith and Tina listeners of the podcast will be with me working the booth all weekend. So, stop by you know tell us what you love and don't like about the podcast give us good ideas hell i don't care talk you know i love that part of the conventions That's something why i like to go to conventions and attend so check us out may 26th to the 28th booth 1934 what a year what a year. all right transitioning over to the first topic this week i, I kind of i'll push nfts to the backside we'll start with the lego thing so piper oh, man. do you want to do you want to brief the The audience on what's going on at Lego's factory in Mexico.
1: Okay, so I probably should have watched the the material previous to this. (laughs) So, in there's been an issue with Lego minifigures. Like the big one was Captain Rex, right? So it's like a very I don't want to say it's rare, but it's a hard to find minifigure, right? For all you Lego minifigure collectors, you probably know. Especially if you're in star wars like that's like one of the i don't want to say it's a holy grail piece but it's like as far as like modern current things like that's a high demand item and it comes in a very expensive set it's, it's a it's a 200 set that it comes out of right
0: yeah and one of the things that people don't just to update on everyone many figures like piper said are very collectible and a lot of times the hard to get ones are just in sets whether that be the hogwarts castle you know these massive the the new Lord of the Ring set. You can only get these certain minifigures from those sets, so that's why they typically tend to sell more than you know the the line minifigures that they release because they're hard to get. You have to get them in quotation marks. Piper
1: from the set. All right. So somebody recently noticed that there was a couple of shops online uh, that had these Captain Rex and they had like hundred and fifty of them in stock. And it's like, okay, so if you do the math on that, for you to acquire all of those Captain Rexes from sets, like most people, that's what they do. They'll buy the Lego set, they'll build it, and then they'll sell the minifigs if they don't want them, if it's something that's not exciting. For you to have 150 of them, that seems like, okay, a little improbable, right? Like, the chances of you being able to, even getting them from trades, like buying them from people, like, that's probably not happening, right?
0: No. I mean, you can get them at cons and things like that. Like sometimes you'll see a guy, and this is what I wanted to expand it to. You'll see the guys with those minifigure tables that'll have like 470 minifigures at a convention. So I'll I'll dab into that later.
1: So there was a, a group of people, they did some digging. Well, it turns out that there is a, one of the main Lego factories that's located in Mexico and you said it's Monterey, right?
0: Monterey, Mexico. Yep.
1: They are actually mass producing these different minifigures. And I, I will also preface this by saying allegedly, but that's the way allegedly. That all, this, all this information is looking. It's pointing in this direction that there are, the factory is mass producing all of these Commander Cody's and other minifigures, not just this, but this is the prime example that people found was that they're selling them on a website called BrickLink, which is a website you can buy like Lego, LEGO pieces and stuff from, which Lego actually owns right so these factories are selling these minifigures in huge quantities not putting them in sets they're just selling them loose and they're making money off of who's making the money i don't know it, w- whether it's lego directly and they're just like using this as like a they're using somebody from within the factories up front which i highly doubt that i think it's yeah. probably it's a, allegedly it's, a, it's just a shady thing that is is going on and then they're also um they're making a bunch of weird variants that are not, like, Lego-approved variants. Like, there's, like, uh, the example that was found was there was some clear um, uh, clone troopers. The Lego doesn't do, like, clear mini things, but they have them listed on there as, like, uh, errors. And then they're selling for, like, 45 bucks. So this is, this, this is a huge issue and then um, it's not just it's not just a lego thing i mean this expands across to any really collectible when you're looking at these things it's if these companies don't rein stuff in this stuff could really really get out of control and essentially hurt the brand a lot And it, and it kind of goes to even you know we've talked about funko for a long time fakes you know you have factory workers in China that were either building scrapper pieces, where they would just like all the all the junk pieces from pops, they would put them together and then paint them and then sell them, or you'd have like errors where like the paint is just doesn't pass quality control. That you know the employees would dig them out of the trash and then sell them on eBay, and that's where a lot of these fakes come from. Well, technically they're not fakes; they're actually you know they're real Funko parts. They're just not supposed to be sold. I mean, but this is this is a big deal because like if you just look at it, right? So. The the one account that had the um, the commander Cody, they were selling 150 of them. If you did the math, it's like twenty almost twenty two thousand dollars worth of Lego sets that you would have to purchase to acquire all of those figures. And by them, by this factory or factory worker, well, you know, again, we don't know for sure. Lego hasn't come out and made a statement about it. They probably won't. They, they'll just keep their mouth shut. But you know, this this factor worker going in and selling these it greatly greatly devalues this because like it's technically it's a legit piece right like it's it's a it's not obviously coming out of a box but you know it's coming out of the lego factory they're just like producing way more than they should
0: yeah and i think what you said about funko too and trying to tie both of these together where you get into trouble sometimes is with quality control because a lot of these pop figures, I don't know how Funko does it with their molds, right? So we're talking about the actual molds that they're using in the factory to produce these figures. What happens after that run is done? So if they're technically vaulting, they should destroy things, them. yeah, they should be destroyed. Right. But is that quality control flowing through? Because let's think about the process, right? You're somebody over there and you're like, man, I got this. I don't know. John wick you know, dye and and mold that we had put together to produce the first John Wick and John Wick chase pop. And if we really wanted to fake it, instead of quote unquote destroying it, now I'm just going on a hypothesis here. I could take that mold and make my own set of pops uh, or or run. I'm not saying you're utilizing the factory, but you can come up with creative ways to do that over there and then make the fake boxes and attempt to do that to sell it. And then uh, one of the big things with Lego is that there's like the molds on the Lego figures are mainly like paint specific focused and things along those lines. When you get into it, it's something I've always had a question about when I go to these conventions, because are there opportunities for these resellers of minifigures to acquire them? Yeah, that's true. Because sometimes people sell sets all the time out of box. You get things for a steal. I've seen them in a lot of uh, yard sales and flea markets where you can buy out of the box, even just individual Lego pieces. And I would, you know, if you're doing that and you're regularly going to flea markets and yard sales and things along that line, it's one of the things that we've never even brought up in here. Some of these Lego minifigures are worth a lot of money. And a lot of times people get the sets, they may move, break them down, and they're just like, I ain't putting that ever back together again. Let me throw that in a yard sale. So there's opportunity there to get them. But with that being said, to have 150 of any item, while Lego mass produces everything, the ability of someone to obtain that many figures within a certain time frame is pretty much impossible, especially with the quantity of 150. So it begs to, to the question of how are these acquired? Is the Lego factory doing that? And how do you quality control that? Because it seems like in something that's hundreds of thousands of square feet and you got m- minimum, I can't even say words. But a minimum number of like, I don't know how many production lines there could be. There's room for error, right? There's room for, hey, even if this has what we would consider a small defect or they could say it has a small defect, you can take things off that line, put them in a box, take them home, whatever you want to do. I mean, those are your margins of error at the company that people could acquire these things. They may not be running them themselves, but just say, oh, well, this batch was bad. Take a hundred of them out, take them home, sell them, right? They're quote unquote bad. So that's where you kind of run into that. And and it's really on the onus of those companies to monitor the production rates and things along those lines. But like I said before, when you go to the conventions next time, look for that one booth that has 200 minifigures at any given time that you would not see. And the question, like, how did they acquire it? That's that's what I always want to know. I haven't even done that yet. Maybe I will do it at Comic Palooza if I see it. But, you know, I have a lot of minifigures myself, but mainly those are the collectible line runs. And not this situation. But it's the same problem with Funko too with prototypes. Okay, what is yeah, a prototype? What is a scrapper? And how do you define it? And it's only lineage. It's like taking the story back from trusted sources that say, I got this at fun days or I got this at a giveaway at a convention with a picture. That's how, that's the only way to validate you have a true proto.
1: I think to me, the bigger issue is like, I, you know, like you said, like people selling at conventions. Like I get that. Maybe if you, cause there was a store here called, I think it's called bricks and minifigs. It was in like Denton or somewhere, somewhere close by. They just recently closed. I guess they were not doing, they they didn't have enough sales to validate having a, a brick and mortar, but I think they're still doing conventions. But they're one of those people. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of minifigs out on their table at, at every con you go to here in Texas. And that's always been my thing is like, OK, maybe if you if your whole thing is you, you, you post up in groups and you're like, hey, I'm looking for any minifigs and you just buy and buy as much as you can. You hit up yard sales, you go to flea markets and pawn shops and, you know, shops like what we have and you just buy everything you can find. Like, I get that possibly but it's just those really rare ones that like oh how how in the world did you like get these and i think the bigger i think the bigger thing in question here is not necessarily like okay you're selling a a, a ton of, of these really like expensive minifigs, a of 45 50 60 70 80 dollar minifig. that's not the thing i think to me it's more of the fact that they came allegedly from a factory, whether it's a factory worker or whoever, or Lego is just like, take them. We don't care. We're just going to throw them in the garbage. Okay. And then they're being sold on BrickLink, which is also owned by Lego, which means that they're probably getting a cut in this. Right. I'm sure that there's some, they, they make some money because they do own the website. So it's like, that to me is extra shady. Like, and not saying that like, like it was without fault or anything like that, but it's kind of surprising coming from them as a company. And it's kind of like if you put it into the perspective of, of, you know, everybody, most people listen to this podcast, they click Funko. Think about it. Think about if Funko was letting employees take pops from the line and then allowing them to sell them on Funko Shop. If they turn Funko Shop into a marketplace and then they would just turn a blind eye to it. And they're like, oh, I don't care about all these fakes that are being sold that's a problem. And again, whether this is the case or not, we're still waiting on more information to come out about this, but it's very interesting and something to think about. And then really it's more of a thing to ask the question of of what do you, what do you think about this and what, you know, where do you think it goes from here?
0: Yeah. I think Funko too has done or taken steps with what their partnership with eBay brings and things along the lines to try and validate, um, what's real and what's fake and try to get the counterfeit market a little bit out of it, but it's still there. I don't think it goes anywhere. It's so hard because there has to be some sort of barrier or boundary in the sense of where we talk about grading, like you have official graders, Funko hires authenticators, right? And you have a database that they can utilize because that's within their IP, but they've been so hesitant to share that IP to a point to tell everybody, this is where this sticker is on this version. We've released it three times. Here are the stickers that would be on the bottom that say it's, you know, real. Here's things to look for. There have been there's pop databases out there for fakes and things along those lines, but nothing is sure proof because I see Ghostface out there. You see, you know, Billy from Saw, the Glow in the Dark variants and things along those lines that have been faked, and you can typically tell. And we've done episodes. Maybe we need to do another episode on fakes, uh, but again, it's. Comes from cooperation from Funko, giving up some of that IP or at least appointing people to be authenticators, right? I mean, the sneaker world does this. Nike does it with StockX and things along those lines. You just have to have something that Funko sponsors, in my opinion. And I don't know if we'll ever get there because there still is ambiguity in that. I mean, look at PSA. They're they're validating and other graders of POPs. They've authenticated POPs that were fake
1: yeah i mean i mean stock x has done it too like stock x is really bad like it's (laughs) that's that's all. it's subjective
0: yeah i mean it's completely subjective and that's what i'm saying that you have well isn't it's
1: not like i mean like there is like statistically you can look at things and be like okay this is this is obviously something that is not real but then there's other stuff that comes into play like i've i've seen on both ends where People have authenticated things as being real and they're not, and then vice versa, where you'll get a whole group of people, like you, you go into any of the Funko groups, and people be like, Hey, is this real or fake? And like, okay, like and I've helped people out before where everybody swears up and down it's fake. And I'm and I've I've actually had somebody bring one into the store. And I compared it. It was a um, Captain America, Metallic Captain America, uh kamikaze, right? They were told like by four or five different people, and then by a bunch of people in a group that, hey, this pop is fake. And I, the guy came in and he he asked me, he's like, hey, could you help me? And I was like, yeah, for sure, what's up? And then he showed me the post and how everybody was just like bashing. Thinking, oh, you're dumb, this is fake, whatever. I told him, I was like, yeah, bring it in. I was like, I have this in my collection at home. I'll, I'll bring it up here and we'll compare them. They were identical side by side, exactly. And I got mine from Hot Topic where it was released. And uh, I know 100%, obviously mine's not gonna be fake. I bought it from Hot Topic. They were, everything was identical to it. And it's just like, so it goes both ways. So there is a lot of like, there is a lot of leeway in that, but it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I agree with Funko. The, the only way to fix this, I mean, obviously we've gotten off track talking about, you know, issues happening at Lego. But in relation to this, these companies, they do need to, I feel, take more of a visible customer oriented approach saying hey we know that there's fakes and just recently has funko even acknowledged the existence of fakes if you've if you've noticed this like they they've made mention multiple times of the fact that oh items are fake they didn't do that before and I, i think that that's really important that one they they let they let you know how you can identify things and on top of that they need to be more I think open about what the production process is because it would really lend itself to helping everybody across the board.
0: You know either creating a database, things that we've said before, creating a database, putting QR codes that serialize pops so that people can, you know, um, say that it's there. Figpen has done something along those lines too. I mean, you can do. There are things that you can do to validate it outside of having you know, third-party resources or hiring staff to authenticate things. And when I say subjective, it's subjective to the audiences because of those posts in Facebook, because everybody's like, well, no, that's real. No, that's not real. It's not a subjective topic. It's either fake or not fake, but people's yeah. opinions on it. Sometimes people just troll on Facebook about oh, yeah. whether something's real or fake. So it's something that anything in any company, it's a good investment. It's a good customer relationship management tool that they could bring to the fold that says, Hey, this is the database we have. Let's collate everything, put it together, send it out there. So everybody has it. I mean, it standardizes the process. It's a little bit of an investment, but I do think at the the end state is, Hey, this is authentic products because what happens is, is if you get fakes of any certain amount, then they become collectible. I know people that collect fakes of something and they're like, I like the fakes And I've collected every fake that I could get my hands on. And so there's some marketability in that as well. But generally when you talk about fakes and Lego, it's getting it diminishing the market value of something in the secondary market, things along those lines. So let us know what you think. Go ahead.
1: And when we say fakes at Lego, like these aren't, these aren't fakes that are being sold, but they are, they did not come out of a package. So it's kind of like it's outside of the production window. So I guess, yeah, it kind of is. It's, I think more of a, it's not a legitimate product run, but they are legitimate products, if that kind of makes sense. I just want to... The
0: bastard that.
1: children they are, of <laughs> They're they bastardized Lego like things.
0: We didn't come in a box.
1: We got uh, no let, family.
0: <laughs> but let us box know what family? you think. Twitter and Instagram, at Pod. Info at PopCollectorsAlliance.com. Reach out to us. Tell us what you think. Have you ever purchased a fake? Things along those lines. I think we all have some of those experiences where we've either seen a fake Purchase a fake or, uh, or, you know, just been witness to it. We know somebody that has. So let us know what you think. Moving on next topic. I think we'll go because I was going to do this episode from the perspective of, Hey, they haven't announced any NFTs, but I believe like this morning, no, like just
1: now as we're recording.
0: Yeah. As we are recording live because they don't have the redeemables listed yet. So that's typically the first three or four days that they release it. They don't, they tell you to join the discussion on discord, but I don't think they even say the redeemables there. Cause I've checked. Um, but the Flintstones, this is an interesting license that they're putting out there.
1: I believe we had said, Hey, with the Hanna-Barbera release, why isn't Funko doing Flintstones? Cause they haven't had a lot of Flintstones. They've had like what? Six, maybe pops. They've had one for each character, maybe two for some. Uh, yeah. So Funko, continues to listen to our dang podcast and had exactly what we said.
0: They just waited until they got nothing (laughs) planned.
1: They some they no no, I'm going to, I'm going to continue taking credit because that's, that's the American way, sir. I was my idea for, why is Funko not paying us money? That's what I want to know. know. Why have they not bought our podcast and put us on payroll yet?
0: I know. Right. So they, they, they need to do that. I think the interesting thing about this one is this the first set that were released this year that will be redeemed in 2024. Uh, There was, we had talked last time there's some ambiguity in how they were releasing some of the releases because previous releases weren't releasing to fourth quarter, but subsequent releases were releasing before the ones that were released before that. So I don't know what their calendar window is. And I'm sure that it has to do with licensing and procurement and how they can, the logistics of getting everything over and those dates and things that tie to it. But with this set, I actually like this set. This is something that I'm going to pursue. I think this will be popular. The Flintstone line is pretty popular. You know, they're, they're worth some money.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I think the cheapest Flintstones are like 60, $50, $60. Bucks. So I, I agree with you. I'm going to jump on this and I'm going to like we're on like uh, uh, MSNBC or we're like on the with the money channel with the guy who screams a lot and like throws things. Uh, what, what is his name?
0: Jim something.
1: Jim, 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 uh, I'm putting my stamp on this one and saying, you know what guys, this is going to be a good one. And so they have, they have revealed what the grail is. So the grail is Fred Flint's cook, Fred Flintstone. right? So I don't know if he's actually going to have the grill and the big old brontosaurus steak, but that is the grail for this one. So you at least know that. And you, it's probably a good guess that, uh, the popular characters are all going to get an NFT. So you can. Will it make the assumption that we're probably going to get a Fred, a Barney, a Wilma, uh, Pebbles, and then uh, Great Gazoo?
0: I'm going to go with Dino on this one.
1: There has not been a Dino. And I, I, I think, well, because it's like, okay, is this going to be a huge set? Is this going to be like a. Well, it's 16,000. Oh, God, 16, it's small. 16,000
0: premium. So it's mid range. So it, well, Game of Thrones I, I think- is 30,000. Standard release is like fourteen to 18,000. Sometimes they go up to 22. And then you have the 7,000.
1: So I think that this, I would have figured this would have been a huge release.
0: Yeah, me too. So it's kind of mid-range. So I niche. think, I wonder what the redeemables are going to be. Are we going to have four um, legendaries or are we going to have three? I, th- I think we am going to side with three on this one. All right, and let's I'm do some more. predictions. What are you going to say? Go what, more, what are right. your predictions for the three legendaries?
1: So I think that, so there's only a total of what is like 35,000 packs, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that they are going to bump up the, um, the legendaries. And I think they're going to do, I think they're going to do five.
0: You're going to do five. Okay. I'm going to go with the standard. I'm going to actually go with three and I'm going to say, who do you think they are? I'm going to go with Dino. I'm going to go with Wilma and they're going to probably put something dumb in there, like the great gazoo or whatever that guy is.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, or, or they're going to go real, real dumb and they're just going to have some like super obscure, like D tier characters that like were in half an episode for 13 seconds.
0: They can do that. Uh, What do you think Freddy is? I would love a Freddy as Dino. Uh,
1: I was thinking Freddy is Great Gazoo because that would be an easy one. Just paint him green and put the hat on him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my guess. But, uh, I think that there'll probably be two Freds. I think there'll be a Barney and then Betty Wilma. And then Freddy is a great Gazoo.
0: All right. Well, I mean, that's my that, thoughts. You're bound to get some of them, right? I want Dino.
1: Yeah. They, I, what, I, or maybe they do like a Freddy or a Barney with the, uh, with the hat on where they're, uh, they're, they're, they're Masons. Yeah. Their Illuminati hats. <laughs> they're Illuminati hat. Whatever, whatever the first. club they were in yeah what was that called
0: i don't know i can't remember i you're trying to get me to do it live i i wouldn't be i can't remember i know it's like the the um freemasons or the damn (laughs) what are those guys called the guys that go on the go-karts and parades
1: oh the uh they help kids that catch on fire um
0: dang it yeah it's gonna be hard shriners shriners yeah there you go they're Shriners. yeah So interested to see what they come up with on this. This is a good release. I think it's better than the, the previous releases that we've, we've seen. So I really like it in that direction uh, of where they're going. So interesting to see what that comes up with. We should know by next week.
1: Loyal Order of the Water Buffaloes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I got it. I, was, I guessed it and I was right.
0: They get together and sacrifice children.
1: I don't think they do. I think and they st- just go bowling and drink beers.
0: And Stone Age prostitutes. I said Whoa. prostitute again.
1: This is, that's not family friendly at all, kids. It's okay.
0: Uh, the, the coins in this one, I do like a lot. They look like those little stone age coins. I think they look pretty cool for the, I want to know, uh,
1: I would like to get some verification on what these dang coins do. Cause I've well, got no, a lot of them. Well,
0: not the coin coin. These are the redeemable coins, but yes, the regular coins too. I don't know what that looks like, but like the gold redeemable. It shows it on the the release. Yeah, I saw that.
1: But I want to know what the coins are. Each, you know, all the sets have a coin with them. I want to know what it does.
0: And one of the things I haven't researched is and defined when they do those releases, if you have for, what do they call it? When you combine things and you um, get, they'll do those Freddy releases where they drop things in that really don't mean anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they the blending, where they're not really blending, they just probably look into your wallet and see if you have X, Y, or Z and then drop those card packs in. I wonder if that's what the coins are used for.
1: Oh, maybe. But that would be nice if we can get some clarification on it. Yeah, let's pull the audience at Funko. I don't want. I want to pull Funko, dear
0: Funko, dear Mister Mister Funko.
1: Funko. I need to know what the heck these coins are that I'm collecting.
0: Yeah. So the Flintstones come out. Let us know what you think about that too. Uh, well, we're gonna transition here. I'm gonna we'll end with uh, the Hot Wheels, but I do want since we brought up Mister Funko, one of the <laughs> things that I've been. Ch- working with chat GPT on is to sort of quantify uh, the personality of Mr. Funko and what that would look like. So I've made several attempts. Some are funny. Some are not of like Mr. Funko. I've, I've been in like write a comedy sketch about a fictional insane character named Mr. Funko briefing a room full of employees with a terrible Funko pop idea, each being worse than the next.
1: Hold on. Before we get into this, we need to preface this because newer listeners may not know What Mr. Funko is or the, the origin of said Mr. Funko character. Okay. So I'll go with the origin. The
0: origin story dates back to Emerald city comic-con waiting in line at the Funko HQ for specific releases on a day and, and the doors opening. I believe it was the year of the, um, Bigfoots that came out. What was that? 2018 or 19.
1: I think it was 2018
0: circa 2018 where we're standing outside. I'm with Jimmy listener producer content writer, extraordinary for the PCA. And we there's this homeless person that comes up and we're just standing in line. And he's like, what are y'all standing in line for drunk or high or whatever. <laughs> and we're like, we're waiting on Funko uh, to open their doors of the HQ. And he's like, Oh, are you Mr. Funko? And he looks at me and I'm like, no, I'm not Mr. Funko. Uh, I don't think there is a Mr. Funko. Um, and I'm paraphrasing lightly cause he went on like a five minute rant of picking up a cone, talking through a cone, yelling obscenities <laughs> <the> about megaphone? <laughs> Mr. Funko. Like, well, I'm going to have a talk with Mr. Funko about these people standing on the curb. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so we took that as a running joke for Mr. Funko that there's this fictional character that exists somewhere that is either delegating or commanding or just doing crazy things at Funko and that sort of hes the morph, puppet master. Yeah. He's the puppet master. He, he controls all things Funko and behind the scenes. And then we came up with, you know, the Funko janitor and things along those lines of here's crazy ideas from these two people. And there's a janitor in the room that brings up something. And Mr. Funko like, yeah,
1: we're going with that product. That's where the art series came from. That's where, uh, gold. The gold figures came from. They're all so. Whenever we reference janitor ideas, that is what that is. And Mr. Funko approves.
0: Yeah, Mr. Funko's behind all of it. Um, so with, with that being said, so we, I was like, I, I'm maturing the process. So it's something that I wanted to introduce every week, uh, to the podcast, maybe uh, do a little a rolling skit. So if you guys have ideas, submit them. Like what would you like Mr. Funko to do? And let's come up with some crazy ideas. We can get chat GPT to write for us, but there's a million out there. So all of our contacts at pop Alliance pod, Instagram, Twitter, uh, email us info at popcollectorsalliance.com. You listen to the podcast. You can go to facebook.com slash pop collectors, Alliance, do it anywhere. Be part of our, our group search for pop collectors, Alliance on Funko and join that group. I, I want to bring this up as a rolling topic because I'm sure there's great ideas out there that even I haven't thought of. So we want to know what you guys think. And we want to know what you want Mr. Funko to handle. So without further ado, I'm going to read this sketch. I'm going to try to do it without stumbling and fumbling like I normally do, but uh, no guarantees. And for some reason, chat GPT loves top hats and monocles. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they have this like weird thing with the Mr. Monopoly man, I guess. Maybe he's behind ChatGPT. That's it. All right. Setting. A brightly colored meeting room with a large table in the center. Mr. Funko, an eccentric man with a brightly colored suit, top hat, and monocle. Wild hairstyle stands at the head of the table. Excitedly. Hello, my Funko team. Today I have some amazing ideas for our newest Funko Pops. The employees in the room look at each other nervously, unsure of what to expect. Employee 1, hesitantly, uh, okay, what are your ideas? Mr. Funko, beaming and cackling wildly, (laughs) well, how about a Funko Pop of a hairless cat wearing a tutu and playing the banjo? (laughs) Employee 2, skeptical, um, sir, I'm not sure that's a great idea. Mr. Funko, laughing even louder, jumping on top of the table, dismissing the comment, nonsense. And how about a Funko Pop of a giant squid wearing a monocle and a top hat? (laughs) There's a monocle again. Employee three confused. This does not make any sense, sir. Mr. Funko now ripping his shirt off, ignoring the comment. (laughs) And how about a Funko Pop of a cactus wearing a cowboy hat and boots? No, scratch that. A top hat and a monocle. (laughs) Employee four. Sir, How does a cowboy wear a top hat and a monocle? This is just a terrible idea. That disqualifies said cowboy. Mr. Funko. (laughs) Nonsense. Standing in his boxers on top of the table. How about a Funko Pop of a monkey riding a bicycle made of cheese? (laughs) Employee 5. Throwing his hands up. Falling back in his chair. This is getting just ridiculous. We're going to go out of business. Mr. Funko, now running around the room, smiling triumphantly. No, 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 my friends. We're just getting started. How about a Funko Pop with a lobster, wearing a monocle and a top hat, and a superhero cake, shouting with lasers coming out of its eyes? (laughs) Employee (laughs) 6. Sir, I don't know how enthusiastic you are about top hats and monocles, but I don't think our entire Funko product line deserves a top hat and a monocle. Mr. Funko, uh, dismissing the comment. And how about a Funko Pop of a koala bear playing the drums while wearing sunglasses? Sir, employee 7, this is not even a bit funny. Mr. Funko, we'll give him a top of and a <laughs> <laughs> Uh The employees in the room engage nervously with each other, chair glances, and Mr. Funko continues to ramble on about terrible Funko ideas, constantly mentioning top hats and monocles. They can't wait for the meeting to be over so they can go back to their desk and get back to work on their own with much better ideas. I don't know where they went on a tangent with the top hat and monocles. So I will give a disclaimer. I did the regenerate response a couple of times, and it, for some reason, translated that to just incorporating a top hat and monocle the entire time
1: uh i like i approve of this we need somebody to animate that that would be super super funny that is hilarious um i do we we need to find some ai that will automatically animate what we just said
0: Yeah, take this chat gpd can we do that do they is that no
1: but there's some other ones out there i'm gonna have to do some research
0: I can't get through it without laughing. So uh, let let us know what you think. I'm interested really from some audience engagement on this. What do you guys think that we should bring up to Mr. Funko and have Mr. Funko do? We can incorporate the Funko janitor things along those lines. But I think I got this to a point where it was just completely ridiculous. Uh, Top hat and monocle is the words of this episode. So uh, again, I do enjoy it. Let us know what you think uh, and give us some ideas, 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 ideas. And if you're a patron, do it in discord in the podcast chat. All right. So transitioning over from Mr. Funko to Hot Wheels NFTs. Now, if this is going to get a little confusing for everybody, and even me too, because this was my first iteration, we did mention on the podcast that some of the current Wax platform MFT, NFTs were leaving and heading over to Flow, which is owned by Dapper. And if you don't know what that is, that has like the NBA NFTs on there, um, it has sports properties and things along those lines. The, uh, the thing, the thing behind that is they moved to this platform and I don't, while I think there's some sort of ready, it's really like basic first iteration of Funko's NFTs where you were opening them in atomic hub and it looked really grainy and like eight bit ish, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of pizzazz to it. So I did purchase, they released the NFT garage, which is, they call it the Hotwell NFT garage series five yesterday and they had a really cool redeemables in this set and we've talked about this before anytime you own a hot Wheels set that has a limited number on it I, it's exciting piper you you've already received a redeemable in the past right
1: yeah i did it on the old platform and it was really that was really bad like you didn't i didn't know what to do like there was no information you had to like you buy them and then you wait, and then they send out an email and then they give you like a key and then you open it and then you get it. And then there was no like information like when are these going to be like sent out? It was just like it was hectic when we when I first did them. But I mean, like I know I did series two and I pulled one of the better items off there. It was like the auto custom, I think is what it's called. And uh, I mean, I got something, so that's cool. I mean,
0: Yeah. And this, this time the packs were expensive. I don't know what they were originally. And when they released on atomic hub. And I think they did that release, like the Funko used to do their first sets of releases and then drop came in and you know, you had the wallet and you were transferring them back and forth. And now it's kind of like buy the pack. It goes to, when you purchase it, it's in drop. Now they have what's called Mattel creations and you have your collection, which is your wallet and flow. And then you purchase them. It goes through an email. And then you redeem them. So you purchase them like you do. I call it the wish version of drop. It,
1: it really is. I mean, it's very crude. We, we, we got drop at home, kids. You don't need it.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is with these sets, I bought four packs. They're $25 each and I ended up getting lucky. I got two redeemables, which are considered they're super rares. So, If you've collected hot wheels, you know about the treasure hunts and super treasure hunts and things along the lines. Things to look for are a little emblem that's on the card that says TH on it. That's treasure hunt. Super treasure hunts typically have um, rubber tires, things that are different than the typical plastic tires that you see on other Hot Wheels. So they're really specific on that. These, these super rares and there's like an ultimate, like which is like the Grail equivalent of Funko. I got two super rares, one of which I really wanted to get, which was called the 55 Chevy panel, which is like that old Chevy van looking thing, truck. Uh, that was designed specifically by um, someone they got, Phil Reim- Um It is a premium. It is redeemable, and it's August 24th. So they opened it and closed it. I don't know if they sold all the packs. It didn't look like they did because right up to close, they still had a buy, and then they just said session closed. So I don't know how successful the product is. But to me, I don't know where they're saying, okay, well, many have been redeemed. They're not at that level of drop yet in maturity. I don't know how the wallet works, so I'm still doing the research on that, but I did get two redeemables, so I know hopefully that I'll get a redemption through my wallet and I can do it through Mattel Creations. But it looks like while they may be utilizing the platforms, Mattel and other creators are utilizing their own website to house the wallets, and I I just don't really know about the secondary market yet, but I did want to talk specifically about Hot Wheels and even the opportunity of getting an NFT redeemable from them, I think it's super exclusive for a Hot Wheel for doing a 3,000 um, LE run on any Hot Wheel. And I think the even the rarer ones are less than a 1,000. So I, I was able to procure two of those. I don't know moving forward what Mattel is going to do, but it looks like they're going to shift to this platform and continue to mature the product. I don't know, Piper, you didn't buy any of these, this go around. I don't know if you're still interested in them but it's uh, certainly worth taking a look at.
1: I've always, I've, I've always liked Hot Wheels, like when I was younger. But, like, as an adult now, like, I would like to collect them. I always, whenever I go to, like, Target or Walmart, I'll go down the Hot Wheels aisle, and i will look at stuff, and I'll find all kinds of cool cars and stuff. But it's not something that I could just get into. It's too difficult. Like, I don't understand. I, I've tried to research Hot Wheels and stuff. There's too much. There's just too much to deal with. So I think that this would be a good path for anyone to go down that is interested in Hot Wheels or just like auto memorabilia kind of stuff. I think this is a a good thing because for you to go out and just like find a treasure hunt or like a super treasure hunt, if you don't know what that is, it's like a chase basically in the Hot Wheels world. For you to go and find something is practically impossible because you have gangs of old men that are out there buying them all it's up, and you can't get them. It's they'll fight you. They'll shove your head in that big dump bin. Uh, there's it's just they're not. It doesn't seem to be a real friendly hobby, and uh, it, it, it's very I, to me. It's almost like very gate-kept. Like you yes. don't know unless you know. The barriers and of entry are too high, for sure, man. Or that, or you're buying like a, a master case in hopes that you can like get the one that you want that, that ends up being priced and even the pricey ones within hot wheels are not that expensive, right? Like $25 you know, dollars
0: about, for a super treasure hunt, like the base entry yeah. level. Yeah.
1: But you're figuring like, what is it like between 99 cents to like what? Two, three bucks to buy, to buy one. Like that's what they yeah, go so for. So it's at typically MSRP. like
0: 20, 10, 20 X the value.
1: Yeah. So like this, if you, if you're really into cars and you want to start collecting, going the NFT route is really good because I know the one that I pulled. You know, I had it up here at the store one day. I was just showing a customer, and a guy came in. He was like, "Oh, you guys got Hot Wheels." I was like, "Well, I got this one." I was like, "It's an NFT one," and he offered me 125 for it. and I took it. So that's crazy. That's why way, 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 way more expensive than you're going to get from going out and actually hunting something. So if you care about value, and I know a lot of Hot Wheels collectors are more about the
0: the hobby the cars in general, or like
1: yeah, yeah, it's more which is nice to have a hobby that is actually like pristine and you're collecting it because you have a love for either the product or or the the subject matter or whatever like that's awesome i love that but like if you do care about value then i think the the hawles nfc's are definitely something worth looking at for sure
0: yeah and just to touch on one of your points i think that you made that was really good is the limit limiting the the barriers of entry and guys who are integrated with stores that have been doing this hobby for years and years and years and years they know the employees When employees, you know, sort of get attrition and leave, they establish new relationships. They're always there when the drops come and they have the big hot wheel bins. They're ready to dive in them. They've got that system down to a T and this is just not at like a Walmart or a Target. This includes like Walgreens and all the stores. They know when the shipments are coming. It's just so high of a barrier of entry or so low of a return and likelihood of you getting an item. That's what I think the NFTs are good for is that you can get the rare items and not really have to fight significantly through a whole slew of collectors. And again, it's a good community. I won't say that. They're just so, I don't know, well-established with their strategies and how to get things. But this is definitely that opportunity to do that. If you want to go, it's creations.mattel.com. All of the releases of Mattel's NFTs are there, uh, especially the Hot Wheels. So there's other items that you can look at too and look through. I'm looking for this to sort of... um, Uh, mature through the process and get closer to where drop is so we get numbers and things along those lines if you collect hot wheels let us know what you think this is definitely uh, a unique line i like to at least buy a couple packs each time if i can to try and get a redeemable i just like getting redeemables it's almost like gambling so i'm an addict i guess
1: uh I, i will say that they are a little pricey i feel like 25 they're $25 right for a
0: pack of seven yes
1: yeah, that seems like a lot because the 15, you get 15 car in or Funkos, you, you're paying 30 bucks for 15. So it's kind of like, oh man, 25. And if you don't hit anything, that's like a, that's a big dump because the other cards I and within some NFTs, like at least with Funko, you have like, you can build the set so you can get the Freddy with like the Hot Wheels that you don't have that is either you get a hit or you don't get a hit. So yeah. it is a lot more like streamlined, like like almost like trading cards, right? Like, you would say like hit it and quit it, right? That's it. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but.
0: But no, no I mean, still, no. no, yeah. It's, this it's is like, like a.
1: We're pushing the envelope this episode. <laughs> it's
0: like a uh-huh. hit or miss. That's all it is. There, hit or miss. There's nothing not, in
1: between not, there. Not hit it or quit it.
0: So we're looking at we're uh, these redemption dates to be in August of this year. Um, and uh, let us know what you think about the Hot Wheel NFTs. Check them out again, creations.mattel.com. Let us know what you think. And we'll start covering more NFT topics as we move forward. Uh, next week, We're looking at a special episode we've been delaying for a couple of weeks, uh, but I'll be in Fort Worth next week. So we'll be able to make it happen again. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, patreon.com slash pop collectors alliance, select the tier that's right for you. You get into discord. We have great discussions there with the team. Lots of unique deals at the store, comics, everything, collectibles, anything that you can want. We give it to our patrons first. So again, patreon.com slash pop collectors alliance. Be part of our conversations at Pop Alliance Pod. Twitter and Instagram, info at popcollectorsalliance.com is the email. Go to facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance and join the Facebook group. Just search Pop Collector's Alliance on Facebook. Uh, Fill out a small application, and if you're a decent human being, we'll let you in and be part of that discussion.
1: If not, that's on Jimmy. You can yell at him for not letting you in.
0: And then go to our store, PCAToys.com. Buy everything and anything that you can see on there and visit our location at 136 South Main Street in Keller, Texas, if you're local.
1: Oh, we're running a special right now on the website this week. So if you buy anything Marvel, it's use the code Marvel20 and you get 20% off. There you Only go. Only Marvel stuff, though.
0: There you go. Ah ha. And until next time, I'm Rick. I'm Piper. Good day.
1: Oh, no, it's not a nighttime. <laughs> uh time time to go to work.
0: I love you.